You now are listening to the audio podcast of Prisoners of Hope, the antidote to what ails your heart. I'm your host, Dr. Deborah Witsis. So come on in, pull up a chair, and open up your mind as you get ready to receive the download that hope will bring. Well, good day. It's Dr. D. And today we're going to look at voices, the voice. You might say, what voice? The voice that you hear inside your head, deep inside your soul. You still don't get what voice? That same voice that said, what voice? You're constantly talking to yourself. All of us were constantly jabbering inside our head. That voice. You see, God communicates to us through the voice. As Christians, we all are called to seek and utilize that voice. But see, Satan is a copier. He doesn't create anything. He will copy because he will talk to you in voices too. God will talk to you by sending people. God will talk to you by prayer, through prayer. And he will talk to you through the Holy Spirit. Well, Satan does the same thing. <laughs> he doesn't create anything. And the point that we have to understand is that we have to learn discernment. Even if you're not a Christian, <laughs> it doesn't matter. There's still the godly voice and the voice of the enemy. I remember <laughs> I was pondering my first and only book I've written so far. Should I write a book? And I was had gone through three horrific accidents with my children. And God had put on my heart to write a book called The Accident, A Discovery of Surrendering to the Holy Spirit. And I was at a football game, and I, I had just moved here to Colorado from California, and I knew no one. And I was at this football game that my son was playing, and this guy in front of me turned around and said, you need to write that book. And I was like, what? What the heck? Later, I got to know him and his wife. And I said to him, remember when you said that to me? And he goes, I didn't say that to you. Now, sometimes we think we're losing our mind. But perhaps it's a message from God. That's meant to touch our mind. So as Christians, we all need to seek and utilize discernment. We are called to look at the good world God created and to pursue his goodness and godliness. And I told you that Satan does use voices. He sends people. So your thing that you have to learn is discernment. So. 
What does discernment mean? If you can imagine a wooden pole that has two signs, one is red and points to the left. That area looks stormy, cloudy. You can't see what's happening there. Another sign is brownish and it points to the right, which looks clear and sunny and beautiful. If you're on the YouTube channel, you don't have to imagine a sign actually came up. The suggestion here is that there is a fork in the road. That means that there's a choice that one has to make. So the definition of discernment is the quality of being able to grasp and comprehend what is obscure. The quality to be able to grasp, to get it and understand what is not clear. When something is obscure, it, it it's in the dark, it's vague, it's cryptic, it's ambiguous. In psychology, we have a test called the Rorschach ink block test, where we put an ink block on a on a page, or there's ink blocks on a page. It's ambiguous, so the patient has to interpret it, and it's through the interpretation the meaning lies. But obscure means that. The meaning is not necessarily, or the choice is not necessarily understandable. Obscure means it's hiding or it's in a veil. I once went to a church presentation um, for Christmas, and it was very interesting. They had like a veil over Herod's <laughs> face. So Herod, you know, he hardened his heart, this 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 just like the king of Egypt did when Moses was telling him, let the people go. A veil over your face so you can't understand. Spiritual discernment is being able to distinguish between the voice of the world and the voice of God. Spiritual discernment is a, a gift of God that helps us identify and understand right from wrong, what is true and what's false or a lie, what's good and what's bad. And we're like, well, that's not obscure. That's pretty easy to choose. <laughs> really? Here comes the obscure part. Spiritual discernment is a process of understanding the difference between what is best and what's better. So which one is better? Is better better or is better not as good as best? Better is good, but best is, is the ultimate. So there is a decision that you have to make between the best way to live. And my father in heaven, he wants the best, better than better, best. Discernment is more necessary now. I mean, remember I was talking about the veil? Because just listen to the news and you will see veil over everything. What's right is wrong. What's wrong is right. 
people are all confused. A lie and a liar seems to be put on pedestal. Why people who tell the truth, the truth uh, sayers seem to be, well, they seem to be put back in the world. They seem to be ridiculed. There is so much now in our world that's vying for our attention. You guys, have you ever, (laughs) I have the Bible app and every morning I get up and I say my little prayer and I open up my phone and if I don't watch it, I end up, you know, because I have uh, notifications that came up, you know, a little red with three in it. You got three un, unread messages. You, you got three emails and Gmail. And, I, and I'm looking at it. And if I'm not careful, I find myself not speaking to my father, my friend, my protector first. I find myself off on some email, and then I open the email, and then I'm clicking the link, and then I'm off someplace else. You know, I did lectures for over 50 years at college level, and I had a rule. Before I went to lecture, I did not get on the internet <laughs> because I'll end up late to class because my attention, everybody's pulling from my attention. So discernment seems to be even harder now. And see, I'm a pre-internet baby. (laughs) I was born before the internet was there. (laughs) I remember we used to have boards that we have to call up when we wanted to go on the internet. And we had uh, America Online, and and it would make these sounds. (laughs) I won't make them. (laughs) It would make these sounds, the dialing up sounds. And we had to sit and wait. So discernment could settle in a little bit, but now with everything instant, there's so many channels, there's so many apps, there's so much, you find yourself that your attention is divided too. So discernment is becoming more and more a talent that most people don't have. And as people who are in the world, but don't want to be of the world, we have to learn how to use discernment. We need discernment now more than ever than ever because <laughs> there's so many false teachings. <laughs> if you're on the YouTube channel, you see a guy came up and he's got a dove coming out of his mouth and he's got a snake wrapped around his his hands and a snake that's all in his mind. There's so many false teachings, and some of them come out of the church. So we have to have discernment. We also need discernment so we can walk the path, the correct path that God has made for us. You know, a a friend of mine, I can't talk, a friend of mine, did did you hear that voice? Did you hear it? I just caught myself. Blah, 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 I can't talk. Did you hear it? <laughs> it came through my mouth. But a friend of mine, her name was Randy. We studied uh, Revelations for two years. And we got to near the end of Revelations. Uh, it really hit my heart because it's the only book in the Bible that says that if you study this, you will be blessed. 
because you will know who the false prophets are. You will know what the correct path is. When we got to the end of the book and there was the book of life, and it was so interesting about the book of life, everybody's name that's ever been born is written in it. If you decide discernment, that path to the left or to the right, not to go to the right and accept God's gift of salvation, your your name is erased from the book, but your faith is still there. Now, that touched my heart because that means God doesn't want anybody to perish and he doesn't replace your, pay, your place. You still have purpose. We were put here for a purpose. When you don't do the purpose you're put here for, that purpose is missing. Or he'll get somebody else to do it, as in the book of Esther. You were put here for such a time. So discernment is so important because there's so much noise. There's so many people telling lies, false prophets, and we need to know what the correct path is. Like I said, what really touched my heart about that study was that, and a lot of you can't understand what I'm saying, okay, if you were number five in the book and you decided not to to walk the correct path, it would go one, two, three, four, six. That's amazing to me. Now I want to talk about steps of discernment. What are the steps of the process of discernment? There are different steps. The first step is awareness. You want to be aware to recognize or to see spirits moving within you. You know, spirits exist in the unseen world. You might say, what unseen world? I don't believe in it. Remember, your belief is not a prereq for the truth. And could you be wrong? I don't believe in the unseen world, you say. Have you ever thought about a, a person and out of the blue, the phone starts ringing and that person is calling you? Or you thought about a person that you hadn't seen in a long time and you're out and about and you run into that person? So there is power in the unseen world. Power in the unseen world. One day I was driving and I, I was having a spiritual battle in my mind. See, being able to aware of the spirits. And in the middle of my godly thoughts came this thought. How do you know you're saved? And I'm like, whoa, 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 <laughs> I knew who that came from. That came from Satan. So this is what I asked God. I said, could you show me? Show me the unseen world. And remember, it says, the Bible says, if you earnestly seek, he will show you. He will reveal. So I was earnestly seeking. And I was driving down the road to Walmart. <laughs> and then I saw this big wing in the sky. The whole sky was covered with this wing. And as I was driving my eyes, I was searching for 
what that wing belonged to. And I began to get scared. <laughs> you have to understand. I don't watch scary movies. <laughs> I'll hide my eyes on cartoons. My sister gets so mad at me. So I begin to get scared. I said, God, okay, that's enough. So there's a lot happening in the unseen world. So the first step of discernment is your awareness. The second step of discernment is understanding. You have to understand to know the direction are the different movements of your heart and mind. What direction do I go? Who is talking to me? Do I recognize it? And what direction should I go? Understanding the direction. That example I gave you, I, I was talking to God and then this, this, this thought came. Oh, how do you know you're, you're going to heaven? <laughs> so I knew that was the enemy's direction. I was able to discern that. So I asked God to show me more of the unseen world. So the first step is awareness. The second step is understanding what direction once you're aware to go. And the last step, there's only three, is action, which means you got to do something. <laughs> the action of receiving or rejecting the thought or feeling. That example that I gave you, I rejected that thought. The question of whether I'm saved and going to heaven, really. So the third step is the action. There is a lot of action produced in a rocking chair. And if you're on the channel, you see a guy rocking back and forth. He's rocking his gaff of a guy rocking back and forth. There's a lot of action happening there. But there's no progress. You're not getting anywhere. It's kind of the old saying, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different response. It's like rocking in a chair going nowhere. Actually, the saying is actually, it's insanity. Rocking in a chair going nowhere. So... We must be able to recognize the voice. First John 4 says, don't believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. So, in 1 John 4, 1, is suggesting that you must have discernment. There's that word again. You've got to carefully weigh what you hear. Don't believe everything you hear. You've got to discern whether it's the voice of God, the Holy Spirit, or it is the voice of the enemy, the devil. Not everyone who talks about God comes from God. You see, that's where the obscurity comes in. Remember we talked about things that are obscure? Not everybody who talks about God actually comes from God. And not every thought that you have comes from the Holy Spirit. Thoughts can come 
from you. It could be your flesh. (laughs) It could be the enemy or it could be the world. It's not necessarily from God. So you have to carefully weigh, as 1 John 4, 1 says, and test the spirits to see whether they come from God. So how how do we test the, you know, spirits? How do we know God is speaking? I'm glad you asked. First of all, his ways and methods are not your way and methods. People have asked me, what does the Holy Spirit sound like you? Does he actually talk in an audible voice? Uh, Yeah. For me, sometimes it sounds like my voice, but it's not my idea. (laughs) It's definitely not my idea. It's not my way that I would go. And sometimes it's the opposite. You know, sometimes I question like, are you kidding me? Show love love to somebody that was mean. One of my favorite speakers is Joyce Myers, and she talks about that the Holy Spirit had told her to take care of her father and mother in their golden years. And if you know anything about Joyce's story, her father was awful and her mother was scared. She didn't protect her. Her father raped her for so many years and her mother let it happen because she was afraid. And. She even tried to get out of what the Holy Spirit told her to do by asking her husband. (laughs) And he goes, not only going to buy a house, we're going to buy a nice house. And she was like, what? That's how you know it's not your voice speaking, your flesh speaking. Sometimes it sounds like my voice, but it's definitely not my idea. He can also speak in a small, still voice, according to the Bible. And he's done that to me, too, just like a whisper. In 1 Kings 19.12, it says, this is the NLT version. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. After the fire, there was a voice. A soft whisper. So he's God. He can speak whatever way he wants to speak. Remember, I told you about the guy at the football game that turned to me and said, you need to write that book. He can speak with other people. There is no set way. But a lot of times the way he speaks to me is that it's my voice. Sounds just like me, but it's sure not Deborah's, Dr. D's ideas at all. Job, Job, Job twenty six fourteen says, "Indeed, these are the fringes of His way, and how faint is the whisper we've heard of it! But who can comprehend the thunder of His might?" I think that's uh, Job's way of saying it's not what I wanted to do. <laughs> okay, he has. He has us set our gaze upon wisdom. It's wisdom. He speaks in sounds of wisdom. His language is wisdom. The adversary's language is lies. Proverbs 17, 24 says, Tell us that 
the discerning that that his face toward wisdom. But the eyes of the fool are on the ends of the earth. And that is the ESV version. Tell us that the discerning sets his face toward wisdom. But the eyes of the fools are on the world and what the world has to say. That's Deborah's version. When it come, when you come to a crossroad where you need discernment, set your gaze upon him. Set your gaze upward. This actually works to get you out of despair. Have you ever been sad in despair? And if you watch your body language when you're sad in despair, you always case, you always cast, in that case, you always cast your head downward. And that makes you more depressed because when you look downward, you look at all the things in the past and all the things that are a council check that you can't do nothing about, but you're thinking about. But if you lift your gaze, your eyes upward, you look at the future. It makes you just feel better. Does that make sense? It makes you feel better. So watch your gaze when you're dealing with discernment issues. He speaks to us also in extraordinary ways. He can speak to us in personal prayers, church teachings, have you ever gone to church or heard a speaker and you sit there and all of a sudden something danced on your heart? Something opened up the floodgate? Personal experience? My book that I wrote called The Accidents, which you can get on Amazon, is through personal experience. Sometimes he uses persons of authority. He uses spiritual companions. I have a spiritual companion. I have several of them. And these spiritual companions are ones who are going to not tell you what you want to hear, but what you need to hear what's right. And by the lies and the testimonies of others. You know, testimony is an interesting word. I like to dissect words being dyslexic. I always look for words within words so I know how to spell them. You notice that test is in the word testimony. So you can't have a test, Demoni, unless you have a test. <laughs> Joyce Meyer says most people just have monies. <laughs> moan, 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 moan. But testimony. No one no one wants to hear a speaker. Oh, you know, I've never had any problems. I was born with a silver spoon. And don't you wish you were me? Nobody wants to hear that. People want to hear stories of struggle. And overcoming struggle. So how do we know God is speaking to us? Four ways. What he's speaking is not what your thoughts would be. Sometimes he speaks in a small, still voice. But you got to be still to hear. You got to be still. Remember that Bible verse? Be still and know that I am God. His Speech, when he does talk to you, leads you down the road, that road to the right, where it's sunny, has you gaze on wisdom, and then he speaks to you in extraordinary ways, through people, through testimonies, through teaching. So, let's 
talk about what the takeaway is. What can we surmise about discernment? Here's some steps to take to obtain guidance. How can you get guidance to help you with discernment? The first and most important means of guidance is God's word, the Bible. God's word provides us with the principles and examples that should give us discernment in every decision that we need to make in our life. So the Bible. The second means of guidance is the Holy Spirit in prayer. Oftentimes we think prayer is just asking God for certain things. (laughs) It's a Christmas list. But yet prayer is meant to be a two-way communication. And the way you commune with God and the way God communes with us in prayer is through the Holy Spirit. So pray, talk to God. The third means of guidance is getting godly counsel. I'm going to emphasize godly counsel. You want to make sure your counselor is going to direct you down the right path. You want a counselor that will help you choose the godly way. Well, I hope this journey was fruitful. God bless. Until the next time. My hope is that this journey has been fruitful and you're able to take it and apply it to your life. Until next time, tune in again for the Prisoners of Hope podcast. God bless.